to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry. I'm Mateo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can. Good afternoon, Mateo. How are you, man? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, John? I am good. Season two, episode two. Um, we're recording a day later than normal. Um, I just got back from a, a little jaunt up to New England for VRMA, uh, New England nice. Connect in Portland, Maine. Nice. And uh, I ate a lot of lobster. I ate a lot of steamers. I, I gained about well, 10 pounds at, at least. I, this is just you trying to make me jealous, man. Like I didn't get anything in the mail. You can cold freeze those things. Like I, you know how expensive it is I, to do that. I looked into it I for you. Like know, I wanted to get expenses. it. You know, I did. Oh man! And, and then the first thing you talk about is oh. Uh, just we're a day later. I'm so fat from eating all this lobster. It was amazing. Right. It just so in. yeah. Right. Well, That's you saw that picture of that lobster roll I shared on LinkedIn. Whoo! Oh man, it was. And I'm not really one normally to take pictures of my food and then post it, but I but I had to. Um, so it now was you're that, that guy. It was that good. You it are. Was so that now good. you're that guy. <laughs> one step am, closer to being an Instagram uh, personality. It's a. Uh, well, never thought um, that about you, John. Yeah. Well, we're, today today's a great episode. Um, I want to get right into it. Yes. It's uh, one of my favorite people. Um, we, I, I, we've you and I have both gotten to know her over the years um, with the different things we're doing with DEI. I have mm-hmm. um, when I was with Track and with different things. I have known uh, her for quite a long time, and most recently. She is the recipient of the uh, Women's Summit. And I'm not sure the exact name, but the, the Pioneer Award. And I want to go ahead and proudly want to introduce Carol Sheroff, pronounced correctly, I hope. And if not, please, please correct me, Carol, of Atlantic Vacation Homes. Thank you so much for joining us today, Carol. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's wonderful. I'm thrilled. Honored to have you. Well, honored to know you. Um, I, I think John, John, John articulated mine. that part. Uh, you know, I think it's uh, I've known you for a little while now, um, yeah. and it's. Uh, I think the award is definitely fitting, um, and so congratulations um, on our behalf. I think you know there, there isn't anyone better that that should have gotten that award. So shout out to Amy and uh, and all of those that put all that together and. Um, we're going to dig all into that. So we're, we're excited. Thank you for joining us today. Um, super excited to have you and hope we don't embarrass you. So, you know, it's, uh, and, and don't embarrass don't us. You know, some stuff yeah. about us. So yeah, she, but she's no B she's no BS. She's like classy, no BS in a way. Like if you really, you know, Carol, like she doesn't really play around, but she's not like, you know, some people are like curmudgeons and are, you know, are a little, you know, crotchety about things and she's sweet, smooth, but don't get it twisted like you don't play around she doesn't play around so hey i mean the the awesome thing what you know from atlantic vacation homes and your involvement with vrma and you've held multiple positions for multiple years on different boards and um different committees um boards yes or no just committees Mm -hmm. yeah i I assume boards so like and you know we're just kind of doing the math on linkedin and i mean truly 39 plus years um in the vacation rental space like like that's a that's amazing you know i think of i've been in it five years five and a half years whatever it doesn't really matter and i'm like wow so much has changed in in these five and a half years it like it's mind-blowing i couldn't imagine and i think about and, and then even older conversations that i've had when i first came in you know when you know as as you know carol and and many know you know my first stint in vacation rentals with was with ascent so i talked to regina um in deanna and they tell me old vrma stories about you know in the in the 90s about you know how it was you know it would back then it was the wild west but tell us how did you kind of stumble into the to this space because every no one chooses to go into vacation rentals at least not the ogs especially <laughs> but talk about it yeah um well you know some people when they're going into college they know that they want to be a doctor or they have some plan and i didn't really and i didn't necessarily come out of college with a plan i, I have a degree a bachelor's in 
French literature with a minor in uh, Spanish and history. And uh, everyone said, do you want to be a teacher? And it was like, yeah, no, no. <laughs> but I didn't think that was a good thing for me. But um, one thing led to another. And I think if you just, um, I found myself in Boston. Uh, I was, I went to the University of Connecticut and Boston's a couple hours away north and found some people to live with and just kind of hung out. And my mother wasn't very happy um, because I was moving further away from her. She was still right. in Connecticut. But um, but I think that what what I did then, which I continue to do, is you know you take opportunities as they come to you. I'm I'm intellectually curious, and I like people. Mm-hmm. So actually, after a year of working in Boston for the Model Cities program, which was a wonderful experience, I then um, I decided to go to graduate school in anthropology. Uh, at BU, and I got wow. my master's there in archaeology. And um, so the short story is that uh, I'm very lucky. I came from uh, a family that could afford to help me pursue my education. Right. They put that at top priority, except that when I got my master's degree, my dad looked at me and he said, yeah, I'm really proud of you and congratulations, but I can't believe that I supported you while you went to school to get a degree in archaeology. Uh, he was a businessman, and he said, you know, you should have gone to law school. You should have gotten your MBA. Um, and I said, well, you know, what made you a good father is that you didn't make that happen. You didn't, you supported me. Right. Now, of course, you know, go for, fast forward a number of years. And I thought, you know, he was right. I, I learned a lot by being, you know, in my anthropology courses. And it holds me in good stead through everything I do in my life. Having a business degree also in my now that I'm a you know an entrepreneur and working in my own business might have helped or a law degree, although I thought at one point I want to go to law school and I cloistered myself in a room with my typewriter, my selectric, and I was trying to write my uh, my uh, essay for why I wanted to go to law school and I basically wrote an essay about why I didn't want to go to law school. So okay. it was a good experience and and I'm I'm very happy because life sort of pulled me in this direction. And um, so the short version is that I uh, I used to run a lot, and I in my neighborhood in Gloucester. Oh, I won't do every little bit, but I moved to Gloucester. Got a job working with kids, uh, restoring burial grounds, and that's I had to prove to my father, who threw down the gauntlet, that I could get a job with a degree in archaeology, and I did. No shit. Um, <laughs> And I it was in Gloucester, restoring burial, colonial burial grounds. I did it for a long time. It's got its own story. And I, I don't know that that's totally relevant. Maybe, maybe next time you come back, we can kind yeah. of dig into, dig into that. Yeah. Okay. Literally dig in. With yeah. I, pun intended. So then I, I, there, I used to run in the mornings and there was a woman that had a little antique store. Uh, on my route and I would stop in and like, I'm a collector. And I, uh, after a couple of years, you know, of selling stuff with her selling the stuff and me do my other business, which was working uh, at one of the largest housing projects in uh, new England in Boston. I worked at Columbia point and I was part of the uh, redevelopment of Columbia point from, uh, from low income housing to mixed income. And I wrote up all the RFPs for how to bring in daycare and healthcare and everything to the wonderful people that live there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a wonderful, it was thrilling. But while I was doing that, I was also buying this little shop from this person. And then people would come in and they'd ask me, you know, if I had a certain kind of china or if I had a piece of furniture or if I knew of any houses for rent in the neighborhood. And then it's like, sure, this person um, rents their house out occasionally. And anyway, one thing led to another and uh, I formed a company um, and got my real estate license and then my broker's license. And so I formed my own real estate agency with a partner for a while and then I bought him out and uh, just grew grew my rental business and didn't know anything about it. I mean, mm-hmm. but I got picked up by a company in the UK where it was already an industry. Um, and that helped me immensely. I did that for eight years 
while I ran my shop and while I worked in Boston and, um, and I learned. And um, so here I am <laughs> doing the same thing for all these low, these many years, just different iterations. The industry's grown. It's extraordinary. And I kept saying, there's got to be some company or some association that focuses on vacation rentals. And someone introduced me to a company in Vermont, uh, and they told me about the Vacation Rental Managers Association, which was just kind of fledgling, and I joined. Mm -hmm. And that really did make a lot of changes in my life. I'm forever indebted. That's a good thing. Well, so. tell us tell us about those that that you you said the VRMA was fledgling you know approximately when was that when you joined in in and what what were they doing at that time so i it took a while until i decided to join so maybe i joined in the 90 early 90s 91 mm-hmm. something like that uh, i just remember going to atlanta and listening to people talk about stuff that i needed to be educated on, you know, mm-hmm. very much the same. It was much smaller and we were in a smaller room um, and not the 1200 people that were in San Antonio. So, mm-hmm. um, so it's good. I mean, you could just see the growth of the industry and the sophistication. Uh, you know, remember um, when I started, we didn't have the internet. You know, I had a selector typewriter Um I copy. got a fax machine. I remember getting a copier. I could copy mm-hmm. one page at a time. Uh, I had to run down to the local photo- photography store to get pictures that I would of the houses that I would then glue onto a piece of paper and mail. <laughs> you know, I mean, so I, yeah. So what's different that? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why I won the Pioneer Award because that was like in the days <laughs> of Wild West. You know, you put up with the most shit. <laughs> yeah, right. but we didn't. Mm. We didn't know better. We were happy to, happy to have it. Chamber of Commerce was an incredible asset. Yeah. Um, later, I joined the Rotary Club that I swore I would never join. Any of those, you know, very uh, standard like institutions and communities, and it's all been uh, a wonderful experience and met great people along the way your dad would have been proud of all of those things proud of all of those things right the rotary club (laughs) included that's true my dad's dad's in in rotary and forever yeah yeah so of course you would appreciate that i'm on the board of the chamber right now uh the greater cape ann chamber of commerce and i guess who's the chair of the dei committee which we call the idea committee because it includes disability and then my Rotary Club in Gloucester, I'm also the chair of that. And we're trying to get like a whole citywide connection That's amazing. going out yeah. for, for diversity. Sorry, and, Mateo, you're going to go ahead and say something. I, I, I just wanted to, so I wanted to dig in a little bit to just your experience and the things that you've seen, because it's not just the time that you spent in vacation rentals and with the RMA and, and all of these, but it's what has happened in those times, right? In in the change that's happened in the industry and in the world and and just even opportunities. And you know, when I look at you and I and I see that you got the pioneer word and like no brainer, like it is what it is. I, I don't think people can really appreciate. I think yes, they know you worked hard. Yes, they know that you built this and yes, they know that you've had your hands in you know this industry and the professional side of this industry for some time, but I don't under, I don't think they understand what it was like, you know, during your journey through that, right? And, you know, our industry is unique because we do see women in, women business owners, women in positions of leadership, right? Within companies that you don't necessarily see in, in our broader society, right? Like, and, you know, you talked about if you had gone down the law route, right? Would, you know, it, you, knowing you, I know you would have done remarkable things within that space, but also knowing that during those times, there were constrictions in terms of, you know, the social ideals of where people could go. Like even, you know, women who are considered professional, right? Still at, at, at a lot of times were not allowed the opportunities to, you know, really build organizations and, and lead organizations the way that their male counterparts could at that time. And, you know, 
your your life career and experience has been one of leadership and in one of, of being able to step forward and learn and, and and push organizations forward and companies forward talk to me about, talk to us about what that experience was like you know being able to see you know the the change in our society and having to live through those experiences you know during your journey well that was a huge question and you know I just consider myself a team player and I don't think of myself as a star necessarily you know I think of myself as someone who's persistent and you know the word of the year is resilient um, because I just kept putting one foot in front of the other and despite having wonderful success in so many ways but also a lot of heartache along the way too. Um, and it wasn't all because I'm a woman sort of developing my business, but, you know, certainly the Rotary Club didn't get women until like 1986 in our club. And I was speaking to Jeannie Daly and I think it was later than that, that women joined. And now there's so many women and uh, it's very, it's just a very different place. So, but and the same thing for the chamber. The chamber, I'm on the board of the chamber in in Gloucester, and it's significantly women, where it, it women couldn't get on those kinds of boards before. The VRMA, I was not the first woman on the board. I served for six years, um, perhaps back in the day, and I maybe wasn't paying attention. There were fewer women then. Um, but, you know, I see... The, the the changes that, that I see are just people are more, uh, people want to learn. I think people want to get along. I think people are really want to connect and want to do right. And um, I think there's the women's movement has certainly, it's not over, but it's certainly made its uh, mark by people recognizing that women can do all sorts of things that we have all sorts of skills and all sorts of gray matter that right. wasn't that wasn't touched before and it's always hard to balance work and family um in the days that i was building my business i was single i didn't get married until i was in my mid-40s and that's when i had a child so i had all those years to not have to worry about childcare and and glass ceiling so much, although I was part of, I did work for a couple of companies and, and the state. But for a large part of my life, I worked for myself. And it was, you know, for anyone who's um, independent, you know, you know that some, some years you're going to have growth and income and some you're not. And how do you kind of balance all that? Um, I live in a beautiful place and, um, I like people and I got involved in my community um, and found the best parts as far as I'm concerned. You mentioned, so, I'm sorry. No, I don't. Go ahead. You mentioned family and, you know, I mean, I, I've known you through, you know, every time I think of Carol, I, I, I can't not think of, of Jonathan and Michelle. I mean, you, it's the, the family Atlantic vacation homes trio and, and, and you must be proud you know, on top of everything else, you know, but the, the, your children are amazing. They're, 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 you know, the three of you, and I, I've, I've met your husband briefly through zoom. Um, this it's, it's, everything's is, is fantastic. And, and you must be proud of, you know, looking at, and I don't want to say you've built because like, I, I want every, obviously Michelle and Jonathan and everyone is, is very much contributors, but like as a family, guys have kind of uh, made a pretty uh, fantastic mark in the, in our space. And, you know, I'm, I'm a better person for meeting all three of you. Um, And, and I've learned a a ton from every one of you and individually. Um, And, you know, so I, I think that's a testament of, of who you are and who you family, your family are and your values and what you bring into our space. I mean, it's, it's been pretty fantastic to see and interact with you. So. Thank you, John. I mean, I think I met you when you pulled that call together um, and Bill and I were on it during, it was, I don't know how many years ago that was, but. A couple now. I think it was, it was right at the beginning yeah. of George Floyd stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that was a great thing to do. And I met Mateo 
over the years. I'm not sure specifically where, but uh, um, that would be a know, VRMA. <laughs> was it at the VRMA? Oh, obviously, it's definitely it at a VRMA. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm very lucky. I married a guy. Uh, I was in my 40s, mid 40s. Met a really wonderful, handsome, brilliant man, and um, who uh, we got married, and he brought his two daughters into the marriage. One of them is Michelle. And um, she was graduating high school or a freshman in college uh, when we got married. And her sister is a little bit younger. Um, she's not in the industry yet, but she's in customer service. So you never know. Right. My husband's yeah. a management consultant, yeah. does surveys, yeah. understands the customer voice. He's written a couple of books and is well-known in his world. And um, and I've got my had my little business going uh, and then we had Jonathan. So Jonathan is our, our son together. Um, and and Bill, though, from the very beginning, you know, he helped me put together a strategic plan and helped me understand that I really had a business that needed, you know, a little more structure, perhaps. And I mean, I was a sole practitioner for a while. I hired some of my friends to help me. Uh, it grew. I bought a bigger space uh, to work out of, not just this old uh, antique shop. Um but it, that that the antique shop before it was an antique shop it had a um it was a a florist and it had one room in it that was the refrigerator for the floor you know for the flowers but it was the only room in this little my father called it the shack that was insulated and so i would work there on the weekends and i would bring my quartz heater and my selectric typewriter put it into this freezer um with the door open or whatever heat it up and work from there like, oh man! Wow! It was pretty pretty basic, but it you know it it, it was a rough start. But anyway, um, I had the benefit of marrying a guy who cared about my business and helped me in in so many ways. And then you know Michelle was a medieval literature major at Yale. I mean, I didn't think that there was any interest in working with me in Gloucester, nor I, it was no expectation. And Jonathan, all he wanted to do was he matured was to, you know travel and um as far away from home as he could get you know like he took his junior year abroad in um in um new zealand which is oh, wow. pretty far not too yeah far from opposite <laughs> anytime that we've had this conversation Matan, anytime when when you flush the toilet in the water you know goes the opposite direction <laughs> you know you're a far ways away from home i, I just so i, I was know. very lucky because um michelle kane started working with me first and uh, she brought this whole other uh, experience and education with her, um, including um, she's very knowledgeable about uh, technology and, you know, all the way that social media has developed and software and um, websites. Because I told you, I started before that. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was all self-learned. And I had a staff at one point when Michelle joined us and we had about 10 people, maybe 12. And there wasn't anyone that really knew how to do it. We had software. We figured it out intuitively, but there wasn't anyone that we didn't have an IT person because right. I don't think it existed. And I probably couldn't have afforded that anyway. Mm. So we made it all up. <laughs> there right. we are. Working off spreadsheets and like a DOS program. They, mm -hmm. they, straightened it, they straightened it out is what I'm saying. Yeah. We made it up and, you know, and they said, ah! <laughs> well, I'm sorry, John. What what did you say? I just I can't remember what was that. What was the DOS program? That there there was still some that some yeah. managers are using it today. But is that what was the year first software? Can yeah, we we didn't have. Um, uh, it was the company in. Um, uh, I'm blanking a blank, but they're they were based in in Colorado, and we were decided finally that we needed software, but they were on DOS, and it didn't seem like a good idea even to me at the time, which was, who knows? So we had a couple of different software companies that we worked with. Um, one went belly up, another one has emerged as a leader, but at the time wasn't. And um, and then I think I might've told you that I was at a VRMA meeting with some of my staff. And as you know, I really love to dance. And so we went to the Burma had a, uh, Tuesday night dinner dance kind of thing that it always did had a band 
so we were there and we we're trying to find seats and the only it was filled and the only seats we could find were with these four guys who were who had just founded Escapia and they didn't know anyone there so we sat with them and danced with them and one woman in my office is really good at the tango and so when we needed software we said well let's just go there with them <laughs> that's great so were you one of their first Escapia's first clients yes wow. that's amazing I mean, within the first 60 or so, 70. That's... Yeah, it's been 20 some odd years that we've used them. But um, so, and they developed their software as we grew. So right. it was it was quite symbiotic, but there was not a seat. I mean, maybe Navis was underway then with their CRM program. And we, we then we got braver and we started different softwares and worked with them. But I think it was with Michelle and then Jonathan who were able to just sort of coalesce what we were doing. Um, I know we used a lot of paper uh, because, and we had files. We, I still do, but um, it's, I, <laughs> you get older and you forget. It's like, I got to write it down. So, Hey, for, um, for the, you know, those of you that aren't watching this video, there, there was a little wink, there was a little whisper, there was a little basically a sh I still have paper files. Um, so if you're not watching and you're just listening, I just want to give some clarity on that. And John, thanks for, John for outing it, right? Well, you know, I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah. So it just, it grew. Uh, and it, I met the most incredible people at the VRMA. Um, and I was just so lucky to be part of the world of total strangers. But what we shared was this commonality that we had this world of vacation rentals. And as you guys know, most vacation rental people are not introverts. So you go up in the elevator and you got your name tag on. And it was like, oh, where are you from? And, you know, it's chatty and friendly and, and inclusive. And um, it needs to be more inclusive. And we're all working on that. And that's one of the things the three of us certainly have in common. Mm -hmm. um, and we do want to reach out and make sure that there are managers, more managers of color and um, of different backgrounds um, as we grow as an industry. So yeah, I uh, briefly, I just want to say a, a couple things on that. Um, I'm not going to speak for Mateo, but you know, you and, and Jonathan and every, and these and Michelle and everyone I've met uh, in, in VR, you know, there's certain people that I've, I've met at VRMA that, that have made me want to keep pursuing further and further my, you know, my professional development and, and wanting to, you know, potentially in the future be even more involved with VRMA. Um, and it's been, it's been great serving on the membership committee with you and, and Drew, um, you know, and, and everyone. And then, and then us truly, you know, from the ground floor, starting a whole subcommittee, the DEI subcommittee and that met both Mateo. Yeah. Um, and I'm uh, having a, please. Margo. Uh, well, we've got a, we've got a, a plethora of support from the industry. And again, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that, uh, that, the genesis of that support came from the work you've been doing, the work Michelle's been doing, and even with me wanting to get involved more. Like I, you know, I, I saw the presentation, I saw the empty rooms, um, you know, and you know, you guys put together a fantastic presentation about you know building a, it, from a you know a social case to a business case to you know using the data that's not just saying hey this is just us up here saying DEI is important look at what McKinsey's report is saying look at what these people are saying and bringing you know a, le a level of business intelligence to it just in, in appealing to people's the balance of the nature that makes up the good people in this industry, right? Because I, I agree with you. I think, you know, there is something unique about our business in terms of hospitality that makes people, you know, that makes our industry different. And we do care about people. And I think we do want to be inclusive. Um, I you know that you guys were doing the early work of starting the narrative of why that's important and how that's important. And, you know, we're, we're really yeah. following up on the work that you guys did earlier 
to you know really ring the bell, get a louder megaphone, and and really continue to do this work because it's this isn't something that's going to be solved overnight or even yeah, in the no. short term, right? This is, you know, we're laying the work that's going, it's bridge building, right? Like at the end of the day. So we're, we're, we're picking up where you are, are and I'm not saying left off because you're still very much so on, every, on almost every call, attending every event in our present. Um, Cause you know, I'm big on the, the actions of what people do, you know, just talk it, you're there, you do support it. It is important to you and we can tell that because you're always supporting whether it's sponsoring our events whether it's you know nudging people who need to get on and and and, and following people there so that's yeah well thank you i mean i was the membership chair for the vrma for a number of years and that became one of our goals was to work on the whole dei before it became all those words you know right. and and then withdrew, uh, and then um, ultimately with our committee that sprung up with Margot Schwarak and you, you all, and um, so many others. It's been it's been really really important, and and fast growing, I would say. But the whole diversity piece is all about being the parrot on the shoulder of the leadership. You know, it's not just a committee. It is. It is the way that everything flows, and um, it's it shouldn't have to exist because we should all be uh, we should all be the same. I mean, obviously we have different cultural norms, and I am an anthropologist, but I get all that. But you know, I think married to an African American and reading a lot, and I, I understand more than I ever did about so much that has gone on and how so many obstacles for people of color that existed. And as the mother of three children and four grandsons, I mean, I, I, I want them to be safe and, and successful and, um, and also resilient, you know, when stuff happens, you got to keep going as a Jew, which I am. Um, I've seen that, you know, you see anti-Semitism and things that have happened yeah. on the one hand, and then you see wonderful things on the other. So it's really about, the growth of culture, different cultural norms, keeping things together in the industry. And um, uh, I'm so excited to be a part of this world now, you know, in the vacation rental world um, with that is putting a focus on diversity. It's a great accomplishment. Um, the, two years ago at the Vacation Rental Women's Summit, I was asked to do a session on diversity. I reeled in Michelle because how could I do this without her? And also she was so knowledgeable and it is her life. I mean, when you're white, you walk a different path. Mm -hmm. And um, so we did that presentations there. We did a few more at the VRMA. Uh, we did another one last week um, at the summit in New Orleans. And, and it's good, it's a start. We got a lot, a lot, a lot of work ahead of us. Yeah, and speak, I want to, you know, kind of bring attention to, you know, you also, you, we talked about this earlier, but you went ahead and and snagged a, a pretty amazing speaker for the Verma Connect up in in Portland, um, and and she she was great, and I learned a ton, and and from you and us talking, you know. I'd say 99.9% of the people really, really enjoyed her, enjoyed the, the, the content, learned a lot, um, you know, under, you know, got, I think came out of it with a greater understanding of the importance of you know, diversity, equity, inclusion. And, and it was, you know, in Teo for, for, you know, you weren't in attendance, but uh, there was a lot again on terminology, um, which was great is understanding the definitions um, and that's how it all started off. And it was very interactive. And as a whole, uh, the whole room uh, participated. With that said, there was one person that, that came to me f basically flabbergasted that we even had that presentation. It's like, what a waste of time. Um, and, you know, I, it doesn't, it, it's not important who that person was. What was important is that not everyone, again, looks at this the same way, and it's even more reason why this needs to continue to be um, at the forefront and, and brought to the attention. And we continued, you know, at this, you know, 
in at the spring forum, there needs to be something at, at international, there needs to, there always needs to be something. And we need to keep on trying our hardest to get a better, a bigger audience every time. I think it should be the keynote. <laughs> yeah. We're, you know, we're, I mean, we're trying you know, very hard. I think for us, I think for us, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, for us. That's something we'd love to see. Uh, again, being a person that wants to see action, and and you know, I think there there's a lot of things going on that we see with DEI in the space, um, and you know, even to what we were kind of talking about before. I think there's a lot of people in our industry that don't understand the why. They don't understand they for whatever reason, I, I'm not in their heads, I don't know, um, but DEI is threatening to them, right? And, or it's off-putting to them, or it's something they don't understand, don't want to understand. It, you know, those people are exist within our culture, within our, within our organization. And I, I think we take ownership in, in part of that because, you know, I take a very realistic view on a lot of these things. And, you know, you can't force people to understand something that they're not open to understanding, right? And that they're not open to considering. And, you know, what we get is we're not in school, right? Like we're not in other places. We're dealing with professionals who are in a space, you know, uh, to be there to work or, or to, because it's their work and because it's their business. And, you know, when you feel, when people feel like they're being force fed things that they don't understand, that's a, it's resistance. You're not going to, it's not, they're not just going to magically just go, Oh, wow. You know what? That was a great point. Oh, I am because they probably made up their minds beforehand. I don't get this. I'm not wasting my time with this and I'm not going to this. And I think we've seen a little bit of that and, you know, the lack of attendance in the events that we've put out there. Um, but I also, on the other side of that, see the tremendous support that we have with the committee and, and the work that we're doing and people who are willing to give their time, energy to make change and to, to really, you know, go on this longer process of really building this out. And, you know, to John, your story, I think one of the things that we have to do better um, is, you know, having these conversations very candidly um, and making sure that, we are being understanding too of where people are coming from within that space. And, and it's, this is hard for me to do too, because I'm just like, it's not my natural, you know, state of being, you know, I feel like if, if you're bigoted or things like that, like my natural disposition is to be like bird to you, like whatever. But I've had also, you know, I, I know that there's times where I've tried to, that things try to, people try to force feed me things. Right. And it doesn't work. I'm not open to it. I'm not, because I'm so, fixated on what I don't want and what I don't, you know, what I think I'm, I'm being, you know, is being shoved down my throat and not really looking at the, well, what is this and why is this? I'm so caught up on the action. I can't focus or even see what's being presented or being given to me to the point where I feel like something that's being handed to me is being forced down my throat. And we have some work to do around that, especially with our industry, especially with the geographies that our industry touches. And, you know, we have to, as a committee and as a, as a whole, take people where they are, not shame them for being there, give people right. the opportunity to, to really be open and learn. And then, you know, people are adults, they're not going to get into it, then they're not going to, they're not going to go down that road. It's, it's not something we can force feed. We can try and change the narrative. We can show the value. We can do things that are inclusive, show what inclusive means, show, you know, why these things are important for whatever level or for at the business level, you know, as a social level, at a social good level. That's what we can do and continue to fight that fight and, and to right. be welcoming and safe for people to come ask questions and, and learn uh, in a way that would suit them. It's not that what I've experienced is fear from some people who think that what we're rep, what we're trying to do with this movement, which I'm thrilled to be a part of, um, is because they are anti-Semitic or they're racist or that that they don't that it's on them. But I said I'm not looking to find out what you did 25 years ago, or I just want you not to repeat it. You know, it's, it's about helping you to understand, you know, there's some buzzwords. So like 
institutional racism and unconscious bias, those are things where people don't even understand yeah, that they right. have this bias. Yeah. And and it came out like at one of a board meeting that I attended for one group, and we were looking to see where the DEI committee could fit into the organization. And someone said it should be um, in under the international chair. It's like, yeah, I don't think so. You know, oh. mm-hmm. you know, we all live here and it's not international. And then someone else said, oh, well, I'm reading the book Cast. I said, well, that's great. I mean, you don't have to, def- I'm thrilled that you are. And I intend to read it. I give it to my husband for Christmas one year. And he's reading it. But it's, it's a must read. You sure. know, it's, I just read uh, the, the Water Dancers. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there's good stuff out there. But he didn't need to defend himself because he's a wonderful man. And I'm thrilled that of all the books that he could read, that's what he chose to read. That speaks well of him. So, but it's, it's not, it's, it's about bringing stuff like that up in, in self-defense. So they think that we're going to be attacking people for. Right, right. I have, I have black friends. But, but so like, this is, but this is the, this is the shit I'm talking about, right? Like at the end of the day, like it's not, we have to be able to have a conversation that's just based on mutual respect. Right. And and I had this, I had this conversation with someone in our industry. I told you about this, John, a, a couple of weeks ago, like they didn't really understand the DEI thing either. And, you know, through listening to them, it's like, look, I'm not looking for you to defend slavery. I'm not looking for you to defend the, the state of racism in America right now. What I'm def- what I expect from you is to be a good person and, and to if you value me and you value these ideas that you and, and ideals that you say that you value, then your actions need to support that. Right. Like that's what you know. And you need to be op- just open to listening. No one's trying to shove anything down your throat, but really approach this with an under with at least the intention of understanding or don't approach it at all. Like. The, the problem that most people have had is they've been having to fake that they care, right? Like, or fake that these things, that they understand these things, or they subscribe to these ideas and, and they don't really know. And they've never really had safe places to, or people to articulate these things around. From my experience, it's like, and, and like, so this guilt, like I can't have a conversation with you and be responsible for the things that you feel guilty for. Hell, I don't even know that you feel guilty until I see the responses that you start having. Oh, you start throwing out, I read cast or, oh, I just read the 1916 article or, oh, I got a black niece, you know, three sections down on my other side of my family. And it's like, all right, rewind. Like we should, we should all be that lucky. Right. But again, my my husband who is African-American and Mm -hmm. who has a graduate degree from Yale and belongs to Mensa and as a successful businessman, mm-hmm. uh, will not leave our house without his ID. When we were dating and um, went for a bike ride and he left his ID in the house, he went right back in to get it. I, and I'm like, you don't need an ID. Or even now, it's like, just get in the car. You know, you don't need an ID. I mean, if you're not driving. Uh, he, he, won't, he will not leave our driveway now. And he's in his 70s. Yeah. So that to me has been one of the most extraordinary uh, actions that's had the most uh, the most reverberations for me, because how can someone who's you know got master points in bridge and has been involved in civil rights movement his entire life, you know how how can he be afraid? I mean, because stuff happens and and it, it's and it's stuff. enlightening and it's sad, mm-hmm. but it's. Yeah. It's it's the unfortunate and it's still the unfortunate world we live in. I, I kind of wanted to bring this a little different. I wanted yes. to bring it back to Verma and some of these different things that we're yes. we're um, we're talking about. And, and those are listening and those that are, are, are attending anything where that has a, has a DEI workshop or, or a presentation um, at after Verma International. There were in you know we we had a presentation that was. Um, more well attended than in the past still mm-hmm. we could have had a lot more people there but the people that were there overwhelmingly told us that it was the best presentation that they went to they learned more they were more enlightened they there there was more to take back to their offices and their coworkers and there was more 
like amazing knowledge and just enlightenment than anything else. And it wasn't about tips and tricks and, you know, how to get more revenue with, you know, and, and how to go ahead and, and build a better website. It was just how to be a, a decent person. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was, we've got a lot of positive response to that. And I, and I hope that even, you know, look at it only in that light, it's going to be a reason for you to go and, and participate in, in future DEI conversations with us. And I, lastly, I want to bring this back to Carol. Carol, pioneer Carol, <laughs> the definition of pioneer, I looked it up, develop or be the first to use or apply a new method, area of knowledge or activity. And I wouldn't say you're the first, but you're definitely a woman pioneer in our space. And we're like so honored to, to have you on our show today. Um, you were just at Verm, uh, the, the Women's Summit where, where you received this award. What would someone in attendance that has known you for a long time, what would they say about Carol? That's not Jonathan or Michelle. <laughs> well, yeah, because they would have a whole know, different side. I know. Right? Well, I don't know. I'd, I'd make, might want to hear what Jonathan and Michelle have to say about you, too. But. We're going to do it. This is going to be all three of them next time. We're gonna <laughs> at the same time. Because we got to get Jonathan well, on. We've had Michelle on. Yeah. Yeah, no, that would be good. Um, what would what would people say? Is that what you're Yeah, saying? I mean... Th- I mean, you've been in this space for, for almost 40 years now. People have that are, are in this industry have known you at least 30 years and, they, and they've seen you, you grow and blossom and, and, and become this pioneer of our space. You know what, you know, I've known, I know what I would say about Carol and I've known you for a couple of years now. Um, and they're all positive things. Um, yeah, you know, not everybody says no, I know. I think there's a certain amount of consistency. And you can talk to some of the other people on the board of the VRMA when I was on. Um, I didn't let things be said that couldn't be defended. Um, I don't not big on lip service for comments that go about whether it's about, you know, a racial kind of a comment or or whether it's just about the way you treat people. I mean, at one one of our board meetings, and you can ask some of them, all the guys were went off to a room and they were all like sitting around a round table. And it was all men. And the women were sitting at another table in another room. It was just the way the, the restaurant was set up. And it's like, I, I said, I want to get you guys cigars. And, you know, just you could go do your own thing. It was so, they didn't do it on purpose. They just, they wanted to talk football or whatever with their friends. But it was, um, it was, I, I let them have it and they have not forgotten, forgotten, you know, that, um, that um, during any number of situations um, in, in anything I do, I am outspoken. And um, sometimes that that's hard. And you think that when you do that, that people will think ill of you and some, some do, um, and sometimes, you know, it takes courage and it's not always there because you don't really know who you're with or how it's going to be responded to. Mm-hmm. But, you know, actions um, count too. So um, I think that it's just really important to set an example for what's, you know, for integrity in your own world and what you know about and not go off too far into the deep about what you don't know about. Um the responses from this award, which was just the other day, and I've been traveling, so I haven't even had a chance to sort of really bask in, in it. But so many people came over to me at the summit and thanked me. The two things that really struck me, um, they thanked me for being inclusive mm-hmm. and not necessarily from a racial gender diversity thing, but more because, you know, I like to introduce, I'm, I'm, I'm a broker. You know, I like to introduce people to one another. And I did that at, at the New England uh, Connect. I was finding, you know, there was a, someone new from New Hampshire that joined. I connected them with some of the um, suppliers and they thanked me. And so I don't, you don't need to thank me. It's just like logical to me. It's where my brain works, you know? So 
I think that, um, so people felt that I was being inclusive in a very broad scale. And any number of people thought that I was a, a mentor to them. And I really appreciate that because I'm glad to hear that, you know, because <laughs> you don't always feel like you're a mentor to anyone because, you know, you get, you get it on both sides. You know, I married out of my religion. I married someone that was a different color than me. Um, he turned out to be a better bridge player than my parents and they were fine. <laughs> you know, you, you find your way, you, you find your commonality. My husband and I are more alike than not alike. We grew up in different worlds with different experiences. Um, and um, I'm so grateful for that. So uh, I love the world of the vacation rental, the vacation rental world. I think that we need to do more to market to, you know, different populations mm -hmm. to get them, as you were saying earlier, Mateo, uh, to come to different parts of the country that in years ago and not that many years ago, but within the past hundred years, they didn't allow Jews, they didn't allow Blacks, they didn't allow people from Puerto Rico, Hispanics. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so they don't come to these places because many of the guests that we have, certainly on Cape Ann, are families that have summered here for years and years and years. And when they get older, they come back to places where they were happy because yeah. everybody's family is dysfunctional. So, you, you know, they don't want to go back to their mother's house. It may not be big enough or there were some unhappy memories there. So you go, you rent a house at the beach where everybody was playing and the water was warm. And, and um, but not everybody had those experiences. Um, my next door neighbors are Orthodox Jews and they wore yarmulkes and they had oh, yeah. and, and payas and they walked down to the beach with their uh, garb and everybody stared at them. And so what did they do? They just went the next day because mm -hmm. that was more important to them. And right. so it, it, it's, it's getting better, but we need to get this world integrated a little bit better. And so whatever we can do, one small piece at a time, just keep going. I'm proud to be a part of it, to know you guys. I thank oh. you for all your efforts as well. <laughs> No, well, we're just like I said, it's it's we're just taking up the bridge building that you've done. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we, we have a run that is, you know, even you know, remotely success, as successful as yours. Like, you know, but, that, you know, I was, I was actually thinking about that a lot today. Um, you know, uh, I was driving earlier and I, and I knew we were going to talk later. And, you know, when you think of, you know, the state of the world today and, and I look back and you know, because like you, Carol, I have a blended family. You know, my, my sister is Jewish. My mother's Puerto Rican. My sister's Jewish, Puerto Rican. My mother's Puerto Rican. My father's African-American. Like my family is is super blended within that space. So that's how I, that's how I grew up. Right. And I grew up in on the right. West Coast. Right. So, you know, I grew up in a, in a I grew up in a different world, believing that so much of what we're living through today was in textbooks and was the past and that we we worked through a lot of these issues and we 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 pulled through um and as an adult and and, and as someone that's you know has a child has raised a child and and now and then seeing the world through this lens it's like there's so much work to be done and i don't think it's you know i, I hear people say oh well this next generation is not going to take this and they're not going to have all that we're still here. Like there's still so much more that we can be doing, you know, and I think it's interesting when you hear people say, Oh, push it to the next generation and they're not going to put up with these things. And, and I had to sit there today and be like, well, shit, did I, am I putting up with these things? You put up <laughs> with these things? And like, like, and, and, and so it just, it, it like, it bridges that question of like, you know, how these things are done. But I think, to even answer John's question, like when I think of you, I think of leadership and I think of action, right? Because of what you yeah. do. And I think that that's the key, right? That's it can't just be good enough to say like, oh, we subscribe to these things anymore. This is what we believe. And then, you know, completely live the other way and completely, you know, not have that follow through in our actions. So, well, you know, you don't have to change the world. And thank you for all those nice things you said. I'm not. I, I don't see myself that way, but you just have to change the world around you to start and then it gets bigger. I mean, I have in, so when you said this generation is different, I think it is. I mean, when you look at um, the whole gender issue, 
you know, that the acceptance of, of gays where, and, you know, lesbian and gays and the whole uh, LGBTQT, all the initials, I mean, that's new and it's not new in terms of it's been ongoing, right. but the visibility is so much better than it ever was. And you look at hardships that so many of those people have had. I have mm-hmm. one grandson who is gay. Mm-hmm. I have another grandson who's transgender. Mm-hmm. Um, I see the world through their eyes as well. They happen to also be black. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's mind-blowing. But I also see acceptance. So when I said to someone, a, a teacher at a university, professor, about transgender, we were talking about that. And there, was, there wasn't even a blink. It's like, yeah, that's just we are. And that's wonderful. And so I think more and more people are feeling and accepting that way. It's not even about acceptance. It's just, this is how we are. So it's, you know, be there for other people that might be different than you um, and be open. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's it. Be there. Well said. Absolutely. Well said. It's uh, the, the world is, is changing. And I, I, I think that, that there are a lot that is acceptance. So there is a lot that are still kind of slowly, you know, slow to come to, to acceptance, but I think overall there is more acceptance, but maybe not in all facets and, um, and, you know, recent things that we're seeing in the news, like, like media is, I think media plays a big part of it and media is more accepting of certain things than others. And they play certain things up than others. And it could be a whole other different podcast and we don't really need to get into that right now, but I think, yeah, but I, I, I feel that, um, we're definitely, we just got to keep working um, and, and we're, we'll get there or, or we won't, but as long as we keep putting our, putting our best foot forward, then at least we know we're, we're doing everything we can. We um, well, we got to stop get, being educated through the media period. Like the media has a specific purpose, right? But it's on us as individuals to learn for ourselves and experience for ourselves. And, you know, and, you know, make up our minds, you know, that's a problem. That's part of the problem. Like we rely so heavily on these other things to make decisions for us or to tell us how to feel without, you know, getting in. And, and, and this is crazy, but we just work with me because I was talking to somebody in the industry yesterday about the metaverse. And I was like, I'm not with this. I don't want the metaverse. I don't want a virtual house next to Snoop. I want to sit to John. I want to be and talk with people. Like I want right. to, I, I want to, I want the opposite of whatever the metaverse is, right? Like I want it in real yeah. life, <laughs> which is our real life. I mean, I, so, I want all that, but I do kind of want a virtual house next to Snoop too. Are you got 1.2 million? <laughs> right. Okay. So again, in, in, <laughs> we're going to talk about this in another episode going, going on there, but I, I, you know, things change. Speaking of change, right? And before we let you go, Carol, I, I, we're not going to get out this without talking about Vacasa. Like, it's just going to happen, right? And I want to get some feedback from the pioneer and the legend uh, and business owner about where you think this is taking us as an, in, as an industry. Is it good? Is it bad? Are you agnostic with the Vacasa stuff? So, like, we're going to get into that for a second. Oh, it's too, I, I'm not sure that I'm the most first person to speak about it, but I am, I do think that the vacation rental world is local, you know, like all politics is local, Mm -hmm. all vacation rentals is local, and you have to have the boots on the ground, and I'm not an advocate of these large companies that have lost the connection to the reason that people come to vacation rentals in the first place is to experience the community and have a get a sense of authenticity. Some some people may come because they feel that there's a better uh, price, uh, price point with vacation rentals. And certainly during COVID, it was great because, you know, you, my joke was that you leave your clean house in upstate New York, you get in your clean car, you pack your food, and you go to your very clean, perfectly clean vacation rental, and you never have to go out. You know, it's all right there and right. you're safe. Um, so, but I, that's sort of the exception and hopefully we'll soon be done with this pandemic and vacation rentals will be seen as, you know, now a universal form of hospitality, which quite frankly, in Massachusetts, there's always been the 
the hotel business has been separate from the vacation rental business. And that's why I'm very excited about Kim Miles and as the VRMA chair now or executive director who cut, who can blend like Pedro Mandaki did the two, the two industries. Yeah. And so without speaking about Vacasa, I I've never rented a home from Vacasa. I know that people like some have good experiences, some have bad, but do you but think the overall say, Carol, yeah, the overall think, positive, you know. like, do you think it's an overall a positive that a large company in our space is going public? And do you think that's going to bring positive uh, momentum for, for the VR movement, or do you think that it's a negative overall, like a, a company like I, that? I hope that they, they have a conscience about the vacation rental industry because they are going to be calling attention to it and it's either going to be good for us or hurt us. And I don't personally love the idea of that size for vacation rentals because I feel like vacation rentals are more intimate and mm-hmm. and local. And right. so I do I do worry about that. And there's other people and companies that are growing uh, to be, they're not going to be the only ones in that, right. in that field. Not so a, is it is it that we're all going to be like the hotel chains in the vacation rentals? I, I don't think so, unless they mm-hmm. buy up all the housing. And, well, you know, yeah, it's interesting because I look VRB. I mean, vacasa has got big boy commercials now. Right. Like they got commercials like booking. They got commercials like VRBO mainstream during football. Like in the message that they're sharing is is you it's it's not sterile right it's not like a hilton or a marriott commercial it's a it's clearly a vacation home it's clearly families it's clearly hey this is a clean standard this is a good time for you and your family and this is going to be a great experience and i think my question is you know from a business standpoint can you keep that local touch and and be that large and i i think it i i don't know that the answer is is been that that that's been answered right because we'll see we right? know in like the past it hasn't yeah. been answered because of yeah. you know truly th- there was some missteps um right. you know but does that mean that it has to stay that way fingers crossed i you know for in, a, in like everything like media attention is going to be it's going to globber onto whatever's the biggest thing you know and so if it's like a positive stuff like carrie was saying that's that's gonna be really great for us if there's some negative things and fighting in communities um from local and you know the the big you know then obviously that is going to have a potentially negative you know effect as well you know i look at things from my perspective of northern new england mm-hmm. and we don't certainly on this part of massachusetts we don't have like condo big condo associations where you know a company you know might be managing you know 500 units in the same complex i mean Mm -hmm. that's one kind of thing but when you have separate individual houses everywhere that's a whole different side of the way things can work and i wish them luck and i wish our industry i wish good luck to our industry that -hmm. it can maintain as we grow as an industry and people now appreciate that we do have high standards. Mm-hmm. I just want that to that standard to stay high. Right. And I do worry that it, that might change with the growth of some of these large companies. It, but Carol. won't that just drive people back and, and drive people away? Cause it's, it's the people are going to vote with their dollars, right. And in where they go and people aren't going to continuously not have good experiences with their hard earned money that they're going to on vacation with for whatever oh, reason they're spending that around. Right. And I, I, that's why I think I always look at this as like an experiment is like, you know, can this work? Will this work? And if it doesn't, then, you know, who's going to win the niches. And, and I always think there's going to be, I don't look at it with like one eclipsing the other. I always think of our industry as being diverse and they're ever evolving, ever evolving. But I also think that there's niche in, in quaint things about our industry that can't be scaled and, and replicated. And those things will always have value as long as the, the people value those things. Right. And yeah. Well, I mean, I remember, and I was saying this the other day at one of the first Verma meetings or early Verma meetings, someone spoke, I forgot his name, who was the president or something of the Ritz-Carlton. 
And he was talking about how lucky we all were as professional managers because he just had to go get venture capital. He had to go get permits from the city. He had to go build hotels. And, you know, all we do is go and talk to an owner who's already got that property and professionally manage their property. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's that piece. And then the, the other is all the rent by owners that are springing up now. Um, and, you know, I think they need to be included in our in our world. And I'm glad that the VRMA has changed some of their uh, policies to make sure that everyone who's in the vacation rental uh, galaxy, whether they're a large company going public or whether they're just a rent by owner that's got one or two properties, maintains the same standards um, that we've worked so hard to make sure that people understand and do. So um, I think the rent by owner, we know that that is also a burgeoning movement. And many of those people are turning into vacation rental owners and learning to be and professionally managing properties and well, that, that um, rent by owner movement, Carol, is, you know, is, is, is definitely growing and there's many more resources available at their fingertips to, to quickly become more professionalized um, than, than previously. And, and, the, and, and VRMA opening their doors, I think, is nothing but positive. I, I'm excited that, um, that as an organization, we are opening up to, you know, those with what's I can't remember the exact number. I think it's five or, or more. Or three or more, you know, that's homes. I, can't. One. I think it's one. Yeah. I say, no kidding. That's that's awesome. I I absolutely yeah. I absolutely love it. If you want to come and you want to be part of part and learn, I, I think that there's there's so much benefit in for for these individuals, but also you know for professionalizing the industry as a in a whole. I, I the don't regulations think lose, that are right. out there affecting people that have one company, one yep. property, or yep. ten thousand. Right. And well, being inclusive, right? And, yeah, hey, we're gonna 100%. Win, we're gonna be, but look, because we're associated, they, they do bad and mess up. And they're short-term rental. Right? They're short-term rental operators, right? Like it's again, it's another narrative of inclusion being better, right? All right, I'm done. You're fine, um, Carol. <laughs> this has been awesome. Thank you so much Thank you. for joining us. Uh, unfortunately, we have to we have to wrap this up, um, but uh, we could keep going on and on and on. I'm sure, and let's definitely have you back in the future. But we're honored to have you uh, join us today as as the the pioneer that you are, and <laughs> and we we appreciate you you spending some time with us. Well, yeah, we definitely. Fun. I love I love talking the talk. And we yeah. want to give you your flowers while we can. Like, look, it's <laughs> you know, it's it, it, I, hey, look. If we've not learned anything over these past couple of years, these couple of years, you know, it's it, for me, it's been to appreciate, you know, the things that are here. Um, yeah, we got some great people in our industry, and I look forward to listening to your podcast with more of them on them. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, Thank you. Thanks for doing this. Hey, thanks. Thank thanks for joining us. I love it. Yeah. Thanks so much. Take care. Thank you.